0: Thank you, Lord. Turn tonight to Romans 8 again. We're continuing in our series on the spiritual man. We have, uh, I believe this is our fourth session on this. We've been talking about the spiritual man. We're talking about the difference between being carnal and being spiritual, and then also how to be spiritual rather than carnal. Romans 8, are you there? Romans 8 and verse 5, Romans 8 verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You know that's a great confession? I said, did you know that's a great confession? Somebody says, well, yeah, we're in the flesh. No, we're, we have a flesh We're living down here, but we're not living in the flesh. We're not living controlled by the flesh. We're living in the spirit. It'll help you to say that out loud over yourself. Amen. Amen. You know, griping about the flesh is unbelief. Oh, this old flesh, I'm so tired of fooling with this thing and always... Having to deal with these desires and these feelings and blah, 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 blah. unbelief. Never will that help you. When it feels like your flesh has really been messing up your day, that's when you need to stand up and say, I'm in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. Your head'll say, You don't look like it, say, Shut up. I walk in the spirit. That's what faith is all about. I mean, if you felt like that and looked like that, you wouldn't have to walk by faith. And you don't have to make something up. All you do is quote scriptures. Right? Romans 8, 9. According to Romans 8, 9, I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. Hmm? When's the last time you said that? That's too long. (laughs) For most everybody. I understand this is a good thing to say. When you feel like you've just fleshed out and you just, your flesh is running your life. That's when you need to get the power of your faith and your words working for you, not against you. And begin to say, I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. I don't walk in the flesh. I walk in the spirit. I don't live in the flesh. I live in the spirit. Amen. Amen. And that's not what some folks, some people think if you walk in the spirit, you know, your eyes are rolled back in your head and you're just kind of floating along and you don't even know where you are. No, no, no. Walking in the spirit is something you do every day. You're not in a trance every day. Not supposed to be. If you read the book of Acts. Do you understand if you read, if you read the book of Acts carefully, you'll find that you'd have to add to the scriptures to say that these spectacular things like visions of angels or trances or having a vision happened in most of the, even the apostles lives more than two or three times in their whole life. Now, it seems like it's more than that because you're hearing about different people's lives over a period of many years, but no. Uh, you could go all your life and never have a vision. It wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. It wouldn't mean you're unspiritual. And somebody that's seeing seeing angels every day, watch them. (laughs) I'm serious. That's just not the way it works. No. (laughs) Somebody that's hearing voices every day, Uh uh-uh. No. And yet these things do happen. And also people have imaginations too. Right? And not everything that somebody says, well, I had a vision. Well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Well, it was spiritual. Maybe it was, but that doesn't mean it's God. You know, something can be spiritual and it can be real and not be God. No. These things do happen and they're real. But everything should be judged carefully by the written word of God. And by the witness you have in your own spirit. Amen. If it was the Holy Spirit, you have the same Holy Spirit inside you. And there will be a witness. Amen. Well, he said to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it make any difference whether you live carnally or spiritually? Difference between life and death. Does carnality cost? Does it pay to be spiritual? Oh, man. Literally, difference between living and dying. You know, when it comes to accidents and problems, uh, so many times you'll see even good people, even ministers, (laughs) die from a car wreck, die from a plane crash, die from some other kind of accident or problem people say you know i just don't understand why did god let that happen that's not the question the question is why didn't they listen did you hear me the next time you hear somebody, "Well, why did god let that happen that ain't the question question is why didn't they listen and so many times the reason people didn't listen is they're so carnal that they're dull did you hear me dull of hearing hardened because of different things. Now we're not pointing the finger. We're not judging anybody. I've missed it because of dullness and carnality. Have you? Yeah. That's not God's fault. Is it God's fault that we were carnal? Didn't hear him? Didn't listen to him? No, no. Sometimes, in so many cases of life, the difference between losing money, the difference between messing up in a relationship, the difference between missing an accident, can be being spiritual or carnal. Amen. Carnal people are dull and will just blaze off into anything, will ignore and not even notice the check and the uh, resting of the spirit, will just run right on through the Holy Ghost trying to check you and arrest you. Spiritual people will notice it and pay attention to it, and heed it, and be spared and be saved. Hmm? You didn't lose money investing at the direction of the Holy Ghost. You had to override him to do it. I'm serious, you had to override him. You didn't get yourself all worn out, physically, run down, listening to the Holy Ghost. You have to ignore him to get that way. No minister ever got to a place where they're burnt out, obeying God. You have to disobey God to burn out. Did you hear me? If not, then God's a harsh, cruel taskmaster. Some people portray that God will work you in the ministry till you fall down. And then he'll kick you and say, get up from there, boy. we got work to do. Is that God? I've found God believes in vacations. Amen. Thank the Lord. Hmm? Yep. Jesus did. Yep. Jesus get out on the lake, wouldn't he? Yep. Say, let's come apart to a deserted place, didn't he? Yep. Amen. Yeah. No, I, there's been times I wanted to study and the Lord said, go to bed. That's right. hmm? I said, well, surely the Lord wouldn't tell you if you want to study the Bible. No, we're mortal. Right. You have to ignore him to run yourself down, to burn yourself out. You have to be disobedient. Amen. And part of the reason for that is people being carnal instead of being spiritual. Well, this is a big, big subject, as you can see. But in our previous lessons, we went to the, you know, we've been reading 1 Corinthians, and now we're into 2 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 2, and 3, he begins talking about carnality, And the first thing he mentions that defines and shows carnality is arguing and fussing and division. In 1 Corinthians 3, why don't you just turn there real quickly. You know, I intend not to keep you guys too long when I start. (laughs) And then it just grows and grows on the inside of me. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to short you, you know, but I don't want to wear you out either, so... If y'all get all you want, just get up and leave. You know, and just say, well, that's all I want. Don't be mad. Don't come back. But just say, that's all I want tonight. When everybody's gone, I'll know to shut up. No, maybe it won't come to that. No. First Corinthians 3.1 says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as under spiritual. He said, I couldn't talk to you like spiritual people. But as under carnal, even as under babes in Christ. Spiritual people are those who are maturing. Carnal people are spiritual babies. Babies in the natural are carnal. How many know babies just in the natural are selfish? Hmm? Little ones, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about their If they're comfortable, if they're not comfortable, if they're hungry, if they're not. And if they're not comfortable, everybody's going to know it. Amen. Right? Yep. They'll wail. They'll howl. Right? They don't care if it's bothering your sleep. Do they? They never even crosses their mind that they're disturbing you. Now, did you hear that? We have a whole world full of people. Who get out on the road and just assume everybody else is in their way. <laughs> who get in a store and everybody else is bothering them. Well, <laughs> you could do some meddling right here and I could. If you are only aware of what you're doing in your life today, you're being very carnal. If you never think about the other people around about you and whether your actions are impacting them. For instance, just answering a cell phone at the table with people and talking loud for 10 minutes is being carnal, isn't it? Are you oblivious that everybody else around you, you are imposing your one-sided conversation on them? I mean, it's not people say, well, that's just manners. No, it's more than manners. It's a matter of whether you are oblivious to everybody else in the world around you or whether you are aware of them. And this is big because this is a big part of you being led by the spirit and you being used of the spirit in the gifts and manifestations of the spirit. People pray, Lord, use me in the gifts. Use me in the manifestations. But a big part of this is awareness of others because it all works and even faith works by love. And one of the things of love does not insist on its own rights and ways. It's aware of others. I know a lady uh, years ago, she's gone home to be with the Lord now. And... uh, She was used a lot in word of knowledge. We taught on that some time back. Word of knowledge is when you know something supernaturally. And word of wisdom, knowing something about the future and about the plan of God. And she described one night in a service how it worked in her, and it's really stuck with me. She said, people ask her, how do you get these things? She says, well, it just seems natural to me now after many years. But she said she'd be preaching and she'd just start looking out over the crowd, loving the people. And she said her heart would go out toward an individual, toward a certain person in the crowd. Her heart would just go. She didn't know why. And she'd follow that love. She'd begin to focus on them and think, Lord, what, what's going on with them? What Because what you're doing, that wasn't just you. You don't even know them. The Lord's heart is towards them. You're sensing his love towards them, but he's in you and his love is in you. And so she would follow that and think, Lord, what is that with them? Do they need something or something? Else? And she said, as she followed that, she began to get things. And sometimes all she would know is I need to pray for them. Didn't know why until she started to pray for him. And then here comes Revelation. Well, see, you're not going to get revelation, though, if all you think about is you. These days, th- I mean, read uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and how many know what's in the middle of that? 13, which is love. It all works in the love flow. God is love. The love flow is the God flow. You follow in love, you're following the Spirit. Does that make sense? He said, I couldn't talk to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 3, for you are yet carnal. You're still carnal. Now let's remember who we're talking to. This is also the book that has the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. He said earlier that they came behind in no good gift, didn't he? They had a super abundance of tongues. They had tongues when they shouldn't have had tongues. They had the supernatural and yet he says, you're still carnal. He's talking to the whole church. Can you have the gifts of the spirit and still be carnal? Yeah. Yeah. Now look, he says you're carnal because whereas there's among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? So the number one thing, excuse me, the first thing he deals with that shows carnality is strife and division. No such thing as being a spiritual man, a spiritual woman, and you're always embroiled in fussing and fighting and difficulties with people. If you're a fusser, fighter, arguer in division, you are carnal. I don't care how many scriptures you quote. I don't care how long you talk in tongues. You're carnal if you're not a peacemaker. And if you can't get along with people on the job, you can't get along with any of your family. It's amazing how people, it, you know, those, all those folk at the job are crazy and all my kinfolks are messed up and, and all my, really, <laughs> never occurred to them that maybe it's me who has a problem. I mean, you, you should begin to realize if you can't get along with anybody, you keep having trouble with people. Why don't you just assume that it's always them? Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? <laughs> how many understand that it is a Bible fact? If you are in envy, and you are in strife, and you're in division. I'm not talking about you had a problem 20 years ago, but you just keep on having problems. You are living carnally. You are being carnal. care how spiritual you think you are. If you can't get along with folk, and you're always having problems in these areas, strife, then you're carnal. Now he goes on, we already talked about that. He goes on then immediately into the fifth chapter talking about fornication. That's why we said, you know, we'd asked all the children to leave. Are the children out tonight? I'm looking, I don't see any small children. If there's any children under age 12, they need to be in the classes because, as you know, we've been talking about what the Bible talks about. About some of these areas of human sexuality. He talks about fornication. And without going through all of it again, uh, we read scriptures that talked about fornication, that talked about adultery, that talked about what people call now homosexualism, lesbianism. The Bible doesn't use those terms. And uh, you have to watch about agreeing with modern terminology, because what the enemy tries to do is soften a thing with a new label. That's right. Did you hear me? Yeah, that's right. Well, they're just... <laughs> independent, uh, free-wheeling individuals. The Bible says rebellious. Well, I've even seen parents, you know, with little children, well, he just has a lot of personality. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible would call that rebellion, and it's as the sin of witchcraft. Hmm? And, well, you know, she's just uh, uh, sowing her wild oats. The Bible says whore. I'm serious. Well, he's just gay. The Bible says sodomite. Now, we use different words. Society tries to put words to change it. But what we've done, we have to come back to the Bible. Like we said, there's only two sources of belief to live by. Two sources of standards in your life. What God said and everything else, which is what man says. And uh, we've talked about it, and I don't want to, you know, belabor the points or go over them, but basically it has to do with, if you don't control your desires, you're carnal. A spiritual man or woman controls their desires. The lusts of the flesh is a phrase that you'll see frequently in the New Testament. Lust just simply means strong desire, desires. And not all of the desires of the flesh are evil, but all of them have to be controlled. Your flesh has a desire to sleep. Have you noticed that? How many know you have to control that? You don't just lay in the bed and sleep when you're supposed to be at work or sleep when you're supposed to go to church. I mean, get up. Have you ever felt like staying in bed? Huh? Instead of getting up, have you ever had to say no? You got to get up. Hmm? Well, if you just yielded to the desire of the flesh, you'd just stay there, I guess, and be like the sluggard in Proverbs. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So, so your poverty comes suddenly. Your want and lack will come on you like a robber, like an armed bandit. <laughs> No, you gotta get up, go to work. How many of you got a desire to eat? That's not an evil desire, but you gotta control it. Eating is not supposed to be a sporting event. It's not supposed to be a hobby. It's not supposed to be something you just do when you ain't got nothing else to do. If you do, you'll just get bigger and bigger, right? Bigger and bigger. we must control our desires. Amen. Well, we have desires sexually. People don't want to talk about it. People think, well, you shouldn't talk about that in the holy house of God. Have you ever noticed how much it's talked about in the holy book? That's right. And how plainly it's talked? That's one reason we got so many problems is because people are afraid to talk about it. And because so many have been conformed to the world. So we have to decide what is our standard. And there's no need in trying to categorize things. Somebody said, well, this is worse than this. Said who? Yeah. you find them together. You'll find fornication, which is the word we get our word pornography from. Fornication includes a lot of stuff. It all has to do with improper, uh, sinful, sexual activities. Sex is not evil. It's supposed to be a beautiful thing between a husband and a wife. That's Nothing to be ashamed of. It's supposed to be something to be enjoyed. And there's a lot, I mean, there's some junk that's been perpetuated in the church. I actually read after one leader of a whole denomination. I won't call the name because you'd know it, <laughs> it's worldwide. And this leader of this denomination, this is some years ago, he wrote and said that it was just as sinful for a man to look on his wife with desire as to look on another woman with desire. Well, it's that kind of ignorance that have kept the church in confusion and darkness. You're supposed to want your wife. Wife's supposed to want you. If you don't, both of you need to stir up and, you, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, shape up. Act right. And, huh? No. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah made this comment. She said, shall I have pleasure? My Lord also being old. She's talking about them having relations in their 90s. She calls it pleasure. Well, that's a revelation right there, isn't it? A lot of people are so confused and messed up. One individual said this. Uh. World famous religious leader of a whole denomination. He said the Holy Spirit left the room when husband and wife had relations. Said who? What scripture? That's virtually something to be ashamed of. Is necessary evil for procreation. Absolutely, they're confused. Ignorant. No. But... These desires have to be controlled, Amen. don't they? Yeah. And uh, most people of any age that you're going to run across have made some mistakes in these areas. Part of it is because people haven't been taught right. The standard has not been held like it should. People don't even talk about these things. It's wrong for teenagers to have sex. That's fornication. And we say, well, if we love each other, no, that's a lie. Well, if we really love each other, it's okay. Said who? The world told you that. That's right. No. And it's wrong Amen. for married people to have relationships with somebody outside the marriage. Amen. That's adultery. Amen. That's wrong. It's wrong for men to have sexual relations with men. What if they're married? It's just wrong. It's wrong for women to have relations with women. People say, well, I don't believe that. Well, now, do not make it an issue with me. What does the scripture say? They say, well, I have these feelings. We talked about this. Do your desires determine who and what you are? I prayed about this because my heart goes, people are hurting in these areas. We're not against people. I'm not condemning any teenagers that have messed up in this area. I'm not condemning any married people that have messed up in these areas. I'm not condemning anybody that's had homosexual or lesbian affairs. I'm not condemning anybody. And anybody in this church, I don't want you to. And don't you look on disgust with anybody about anything that they've made mistakes, because most of you have made some mistakes. Not about judging. But we got to hold the standard up. And we've got to decide what sin, is it sin or is it okay? And we've got to answer that question from the Bible, not my opinion, not your opinion, not certainly not the world's opinion. What is the standard? People say, well, you know, I desire, I'm a man and I want a man. And you, and the, cause I prayed about it. I said, Lord, help me. What is the crux of it? He said, here is the underlying foundation of this thing. People have decided this is a truth that if I have these desires, that's what I am. And that is a lie. And they're presuming that, well, I, well, that'd be the same thing as a man lusting after somebody else's wife and say, well, I have these desires. So I'm an adulterer. I just have to come out of the closet. Hmm? There are all kinds of people in society today. They have desires sexually for children. I mean, it's an epidemic. Are they supposed to just say, well, I have these desires. That's what I am. I just have to come out of the closet. And listen, this is what's coming next. The Lord's already told me this is the next thing that the enemy will push to be acceptable. But It's wrong. And no matter how much the world says it's okay, it's not okay. It's wrong. It's sin. Our desires do not define us. I don't care what kind of desire you have, you can control it. Amen. Can you? Yes, you can. And listen, I hope you understand, there are not two standards for ministry in Christians. If it's not okay for me to have an affair, it's not okay for you to have an affair. God doesn't have two different standards. And it's amazing how people are sitting, you know, they, oh, you better not do it. But, you know, we'll do it because I'm just, you know, I'm working on it. Now, that's something I got to talk to you about tonight. (laughs) The I'm working on it deal. (laughs) Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 2. Are you clear on the fact that we're not judging anybody? We're not down on anybody. We're not saying you're sorry, rascal. We're not saying you're going to hell. We're not saying any of that. Hmm? We are saying what's right and what's wrong. There's only one situation where sex is good and right and okay. That's in a marriage between a man and a woman. That's it. Hmm? Some say, well, that's just narrow. That's the Bible. And, you know, when you see light, now here I have a concern because I sent some things in my heart. When you get light and you see what's right and wrong, you'll do one of two things. You'll either humble yourself and repent if you haven't been in line with the light or you will harden yourself and resist it. I don't believe that. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the Bible says. This is how I'm going to live. You are setting yourself up for destruction. Because right. if you harden your heart. And you harden your neck. And being often reproved. And you harden yourself. Proverbs says you'll be destroyed. Suddenly. Without remedy. If you don't judge yourself. You will be judged. The scripture says. That's right. It'll, carnality costs. Don't let anybody tell you. Well, you know, I used to do that all the time and, you know, it didn't seem like it caught up with, too, didn't cost me too much, you know. Well, God is merciful, merciful to ignorance. But especially when you have light and when you know and when you've seen the scriptures and you know that's what this says and you know this is sin and you know this is not right and you're going to go on and do it anyway, it's going to cost you. That's right. And I'm concerned about that. Let's believe God that folk have light, amen, and that people don't harden themselves to this message. We're not against you. If you've messed up, most people you meet have messed up. That's not what it's about, but you got to decide what's right, what's wrong. Is it a sin? Is it okay? How do we know? What does the Bible say? In 2 Corinthians 2, we read in 1 Corinthians 5 where this man is living with his father's wife. He's living with his stepmother. He's talking about sexually. I guess she moved out of his daddy's place and moved into his place or something like that. They're living together. They're having relations. And the Holy Ghost through Paul really jacked them up about it. He said... uh, what are you doing puffed up about this? they acting like this is okay. You, had, you should be mourning. You should be repenting. And you should get this guy out of there. And he goes on to say anybody that calls their a brother that's a fornicator or he gives a list that includes coveting and includes, you know, getting money by questionable means. He said if they call themselves a brother, he said don't fellowship with them. Don't even eat with them. Well, that's part of the Bible too, isn't it? And apparently, they heard this and they received it. If you've been reading 2 Corinthians, you see they received what he did and they acted on it. And apparently, they put this guy and they put this woman out. Apparently, that's what they did. But in the second chapter of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2.1, he said, I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. <laughs> that first letter was pretty stout. For if I made you sorry, who is he that makes me glad? If you have to rebuke somebody, well, they're not generally going to make you happy immediately after that. He said, skip on down to verse uh, 4, Out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to tell them that. You see somebody that enjoys pronouncing judgment? They're not right. They're not of God. And that every time you see them, they got a judgment message. That's not right. Somebody that really is qualified to be used in this area. It grieves them to have to say these kind of things. He went on to say, verse 6, sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So that contrary wise, you ought rather to forgive him. Who? The man they put out. The man that was sleeping with his uh, stepmother, forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Does God want people just put out? He wants them restored. Does He want people cut off? No, He wants them restored. But they, in order for people to be restored, they have to repent. Repent doesn't just mean cry. Repent means change. They have to change. But if people change, you've got to be ready to forgive and restore and forget. Amen. Verse 8, wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. Confirm your love. So he's saying, he's telling them now. He went on to say, he's wanting to know if they're going to be obedient to what he tells them. He's saying now, okay, that's enough. You dealt harshly with him. You put him out. He's been on the outside looking in. He's been through a really rough time. And apparently the man had made some changes. He said, now now take him back. Forgive him. Restore him. Go over to Ephesians, please. Actually, it's Galatians. Excuse me. Galatians 6. Thank you, Lord. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual do what? And so we're talking about the difference between being spiritual and being carnal. Spiritual people want to see other people restored, don't they? They don't want anybody permanently cut off. Love will deal harshly with people if they harden themselves and rebel. When you tell people, this is what the Bible says, and they say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, here's the Word. Jesus is Lord. The Word. Jesus is the Word made manifest. The Word is Lord in our life, too. Well, I don't care. I'm not having it that way. I'm not living it that way. Well, you just crossed the line. That's right. And you just messed up your fellowship with us. We'll love you. But that don't mean you can just have free reign and work in the church and hold position. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You cross the line. And it's that way in the family. You know, there's all people have all these issues about folk wanting to come home and bring their live in boyfriends and girlfriends to the table and to this stuff. I've seen so many of these situations. People say, We just have to let it go because we love them. If they call themselves Christians, you can't let it go. Now, if they're not even trying to claim to be a Christian, that's another deal. But if they call themselves Christians and they're supposed to be Christians, you can't just let it slide if it's in your house and it's in your business and it's in your things. If you love them, you won't just let it go. You'll say, I'm sorry, you can't do that. You can't bring that in here. No. Well, I thought we're a (laughs) family. Well, we are. I'd like for you to be closer. I'm not doing this. You've made a decision against the word. You've made a decision against the lordship of Jesus. Don't ever make me pick between Jesus and you. You're going to lose. How many know what I'm saying? Don't put me in that position where I have to pick between him and you. Between doing the word and going with you because it's no choice. I've made that choice long ago. It's quiet. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, what are you going to do? If you can, if people repent, if they want to be restored, restore such an one how? Hmm? In the spirit of meekness, not haughtily, not judgmentally, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Considering yourself, no one will except for the grace of God. I could be on the other side of this deal, and that's just a fact. Don't ever get into this thing. Well, I'd never do that. I could never do. That. Watch out. That's right. Watch out. What are you saying? You saying you could never sin? You already have. That's right. All of us have missed it and come short of the glory of God. And, and people categorize and they think this sin is a lot worse than this one. But who said it was? Sin is sin. Now, I want to get into some specifics real quickly about if somebody says, yeah, Brother Keith, I've been having an affair, I've been, you know, sleeping with my boyfriend, girlfriend, I've been involved in homosexuality, lesbianism, something else, and I see it, here's the first step, you've got to call sin, sin, first step, as long as you play games with that, you will never be free, you'll never find the strength and help, you've got to call sin, sin, adultery is sin. Yeah, but we love each other. That's got nothing to do with it. I know your soul is involved. I know it can feel like it's tearing your heart out. But the Bible talks about that there are things. I don't care if it's like pulling your eye out. I don't care if it's like cutting your hand off. You do it. Amen. You wouldn't be in that situation if you hadn't crossed the line already. That's right. If you'd have not yielded to the temptation, you would have never got into that place. Love does not justify everything. People say, "Well, we're in love." That doesn't justify it. You can be in love with people you're not supposed to be in love with. Right. Did you hear me? It's a fact. Just because you fall in love with somebody doesn't mean you're supposed to marry them. Now you should be in love with whoever you marry. <laughs> but be it, people fall in love and they fall out of love. <laughs> hmm? Don't they? Yeah. And it's because they cross lines. So your emotions and your desires are not the issue here. Is Jesus your Lord? Is the word your standard? Then if the word says that's wrong and sin, then you have to get up and say it's sin. Confess your sin. If you'll confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you. That doesn't mean you go and mumble and go, I don't know if this is right or if it's not. Because we love each other so much and I just don't know. And y'all just pray for me. I'm working on it. No, you're not. You're in sin and you won't admit it. Right. I've had people come to me and say, Brother Keith, you know, pray for me. I'm in some things I shouldn't be in, and uh, but I'm working on it. What does that mean? I'm working on it. Have you identified that? I'm working on it. Hmm? I'm getting better. What does that mean? You had three girlfriends. You're down to two. <laughs> Praise God, they're making progress. <laughs> That's not okay. Well, I was seeing them, you know, twice a week. I'm only seeing them once a month now. You got to judge yourself and judge the thing. i like, I can't, I'm trying to, no, no, you can. You can. Well, y'all pray for me. There's nothing to pray for. <laughs> if you see and know the truth and won't do it, We can ask that the Lord will be merciful to you and give you another chance so you won't be judged. No, you've got to call sin, sin. Amen. Here's the first thing you do. You call sin, sin. Ask the Lord for strength. Ephesians 3. Ask the Lord for strength. In Ephesians 3, this is one of those scripture prayers. There are two things happening right now. There are people here, you need to do this step by step. I'm going to take you through it. And then other people, maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're not missing it sexually, but you're going to need to help some people that are. So you need to listen just like you're listening for yourself because you're going to need to take them through these same steps to help them. This is serious business. We don't want people judged, do we? We want folk restored. Number one, people have to admit. It's kind of like being saved. Can you lead somebody to the Lord and they won't even admit they're lost? Or that they need Jesus? You cannot. You cannot. They have to admit they're lost without him. They have to admit they need him. Well, you have to admit that you're in sin. For you can get help. Have to admit this is wrong. This is sin. And if you'll do that, ask the Lord. Like Ephesians 3 talks about. Ephesians 3 verse 16 and we're going to do it. As we go through these steps, we're going to act on them. Acts 3:16, he says he's praying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. God can give you strength inside you know he said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak what you need when you just keep giving into the flesh giving in the flesh your spirit needs to be stronger Hmm? when you're strong in your spirit even though your flesh is howling and pulling on you you can stand up inside and say no i said no no i'm not doing it i'm not giving in when you go around all the time and you're going, I gave in again and I just keep giving in, it's cause you're weak, weak spiritually. And you gotta get your spirit built up. Let me give you an example. How many know there's an inner man, there's an outer man? Huh? And this applies, I don't care whether it's a drug habit, an alcohol habit, a tobacco habit, a overeating habit, an overspending habit, uh, yielding in the sex, I don't care what it is, the principle's the same. Strength of spirit is what gets you out of it. And what people do, if you yield to the flesh and 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 and you don't feed your spirit, your flesh, the desires of the flesh get stronger and stronger and stronger. Your spirit gets weaker and weaker and weaker until you literally feel like you have no control, even if you're a Christian. And it's like this. I mean, you know, you're... thinking about doing something wrong for the hundredth time, and inside your weak little spirit goes, Don't do that. Don't. You know it's not right. And the lust of your flesh goes, Shut up, I want it and I'm going to have it. (laughs) And your flesh just overwhelms your spirit. But the good news is you can reverse that. I said, you can reverse that. You can get your you can starve the lust of your flesh until they get weaker and weaker and weaker. Hold your place right there and go to Romans real quickly, please. Romans 13, I believe it is. Romans 13. And look at the last verse. Romans 13, 14. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Make no provision, make no supply for the flesh. The principle of either being flesh ruled carnal or being spirit ruled spiritual is if you feed it, it will grow. People who are tormented with sexual desire, they have fed it. They watch things they shouldn't watch. They look at things they shouldn't look at. They listen to things they shouldn't listen to, and that's going to feed that desire. It's going to feed it. And the more you feed it, the stronger it's going to get. Until it'll torment you because it's unfulfilled. But the good news is you can starve it and it'll get weaker. Hallelujah. Quit watching those things. Quit Don't say you can't. That's a lie. I don't want to, Brother Key, but I just can. That's a lie. That's a lie. No. You can stop. Cut off the supply to the flesh. Cut off the things that stir you up. Hmm? Quit watching it. Don't say you can't. We're going to ask the Lord to give us strength on the inside. Amen. We're going to do some other things that will help us. But you've got to make a decision. I'm going to starve these lusts so that they get weaker. you got to quit feeding them. The lust of the flesh is kind of like a stray cat. It is. It's big old stray tomcat come around your house. And uh, you come out with a can of gourmet cat food. And you say, no, now, kitty, you have to leave. You can't stay here. You have to go away. And you put the can down. What's he going to (laughs) do? He's going to stay and eat the food. And he's going to be back tomorrow. See if you got another can. (laughs) And you come out and say, no, now, Kitty, you can't stay here. I don't want you. You can't stay here. You have to leave. Here's two cans. (laughs) You do that every day. For six months, you'll have a 40 pound tomcat <laughs> sitting on your chest, licking your nose. You're going, No kitty, I don't want you here. I don't, you can't stay in my life. Here's another kid. <laughs> People do not get to places in their life where their flesh is ruining their life, controlling them, tormenting them just out of the blue you had to feed those lusts and desires for them to get that strong in your life and the good news is if you'll quit feeding them cut off the provision cut off the supply to the flesh it'll start getting weaker now if you've been feeding it for years it's not just gonna all go away overnight but if you cut off and you quit feeding it how many of you quit feeding that cat he'll start losing weight is that right and eventually he's gonna leave there, right? So he can go somewhere he can find some food, because he's not getting fed there. Give no place to the enemy. Don't yield yourself, right? And I'm telling, I don't care how tormented you have been in any area of your life. If you cut off the thing that's been feeding that desire, over a period of time it'll get weaker and weaker and weaker. The flesh. Lust will get weaker, and if you feed your spirit, feed your spirit. In fact, uh, turn over to First Timothy four. Thank you, Lord. First Timothy, the fourth chapter, verse six. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, First Timothy four six, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Notice this: nourished up. In the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto you have attained. Refuse profane and old wives fables. Well, now what would that feed? That's, gonna, that's not spiritual. It's going to feed your flesh, right? Refuse that stuff and exercise yourself unto godliness. What's going to get your spirit strong? The exact same principles that would get your body strong. You feed it and you exercise it. But you've got to feed it in the right thing. Not just anything, but nourished up in the words of faith. Here's another reason why I want you reading those chapters every day. That's going to feed your spirit. Amen. And you need to hear good teaching. You need to hear good preaching. Read good books and hear good tapes. Don't listen to people that put condemnation and doubt and unbelief into you. It should nourish up your faith. When you get through hearing it, you ought to be encouraged. You ought to feel edified. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's like you eat a good meal, right? You eat a good meal, and good food. Uh, you know, you got something in you that's going to give you strength, right? Same thing exactly spiritually. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's going to feed you and you're going to grow. How many believe you can cut off the provision to the lust of the flesh? Don't watch that stuff. Don't listen to that stuff. Only you can do it now. You know, we're not going to go home with you and watch everything you watch and listen to everything. Only you can do it. Only you know what goes on in your bedroom and behind closed doors and your time off. But to be carnally minded is death. It'll work death in you. If you feed those desires, you're going to stir yourself up. And then you're not going to be satisfied. It's going to torment you. If you do act on it, you're going to ruin your life. Right? What's the solution? You don't have to be tormented. Some say, well, if you're a man, you're just going to have these kind of... No, no, no. Oh, if you're a woman, you just No, uh-uh. You have them, but you can have them under control. Amen? Amen? Everybody has thoughts and desires, but you can turn it around until instead of your spirit being so weak and your flesh being so strong. He said the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. You can feed your spirit to the place where it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It doesn't happen all overnight, but if you just keep on feeding yourself on the Word and the things of God, you'll get stronger and exercise in your spirit, exercise in your faith, exercise in your love walk, doing what you know to do, and cutting off that supply to the desire of the flesh. The spirit gets stronger, stronger, stronger. The flesh desire gets weaker, weaker, weaker. After a while, the flesh will go, I want to do that. I want to do that. And your spirit says, shut up. That's wrong. You're not doing it. Okay, okay. (laughs) And what used to just torment you, you can just squelch. You just put it down and say, oh, shut up. I'm not even considering that. That's wrong. Hmm? Well, yeah, but you, you know, you're a woman trapped in a man's body. I am not. (laughs) I'm a man. God made me a man. I'm a man. I'm going to be a man. Yeah, but you got all these desires. I don't live by what I feel. Amen. I live by what I believe. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but you can't help yourself. You just go to the mall and you just go crazy and you just max out all your credit. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I have wisdom. I have control. Now, till you get strong in your spirit, you might need to stay away from the mall. Hmm? Until you get strong in your spirit, stay away from those places that you know that are frequented by people that are involved in those things you're having difficulty with. Was having difficulty with. Are you with me? Let me go over this carefully now. First off, you have to call sin sin. We're not picking on anybody. Not judging anybody, I'm just telling you, you know it. I haven't made this up. I've read scriptures to you. Week after week, we've read scriptures. Sex before marriage is sin. Sex outside the marriage is sin. Sex between men, men and men, is sin. Sex between women, women and women, is sin. Sex between adults and children is sin. It's sin. There are no exceptions. Are you with me? I know people have feelings. I know it. But the devil can confuse you if you yield yourself to it. You can get to the place where you don't know what you are. You can get so messed up. Well, I don't know what I am. Yeah, you do. God made you what you are. Be what you are. Amen. Amen. But starve the flesh. So everybody say starve the flesh. flesh. Feed the spirit. spirit. Amen. Amen. Now here's something else you got to do. James 3. In fact, just go ahead and turn there. Don't even be getting too big of a hurry. Call sin, sin. Ask the Lord to strengthen you. We didn't do that yet, but we're going to do that. In that prayer in Ephesians 3. Starve the lust of the flesh. Feed your spirit. This is so exciting because I, I just I've helped people, I've worked with people before that were just basket cases weak. They were just so fleshy. Any little old thing come up and they just yield to the flesh. But I've seen them the same person in a year's time totally change. And instead of just being a little fleshy carnal individual, become a strong spirit. Hallelujah. In control of their body in control of their mind, in control of their life. It's exciting to me. I know it works. I've seen it again and again and again. Here's another thing. It goes line in line with the other things we've talked about. James 3, verse 2. In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the what? How can you control your whole body? With your words. Remember he goes on the rest of this chapter talking about how the tongue is like the bridle and bit in the horse's mouth. It's like the rudder on the ship. We might say today it's like a steering wheel in the car. You can control that horse with that bit. You can control that huge ship with that little rudder. You can control yourself, your life, your whole body. B-O-D-Y. You can, somebody says, well my body has all these feelings. You can control your whole body. If you'll control your mouth. Now here's a charge from the Lord. There are people that have made mistakes in these areas. And you keep talking about your past. This is not Keith talking now. Charge from the Lord. Quit talking about your past sexual mistakes. Stop it. No more talk about the affairs No more talk about the homosexuality. No more talk about the lesbianism. People who already know don't need to hear any more about it. People who don't know don't need to know. If you're forgiven, if you're cleansed, if you're possessing your vessel the way you're supposed to, everybody does not need to know your past. Did you hear me? The problem is, so many people, that is part of their identity. Part of who they think they are is I'm a ladies' man. Oh, man, yeah. I can get any woman I want. Now they're supposed to be saved, but they still got some of that in them. Hmm? Or people identify with part of... You've got to sever that identity. That has nothing to do with you anymore. Hmm? I'm not that. If you were that, that's history. This is what I am now. I possess myself in sanctification and honor. Amen. I'm a spiritual man, or you're a spiritual woman. I control my feelings. I control my desires. I'm godly. The Lord helps me to be so. Amen. I don't follow my flesh around. I put I put my body under. I keep it into subjection. I control it. It doesn't run me. I eat when I want to eat. I don't eat when I don't want to eat. Hmm? I mean, it's being weak if you can't pass by a piece of pie. Isn't it? People laugh and joke about it, but it's, it's weak. If you don't want to eat pie, don't eat pie. If you want to eat pie, eat pie. But it should not be because you can't help it. Don't be pathetic and weak. We're strong. Amen sleep when I want to sleep. I get up when I want to get up. I watch what I want to watch. I don't watch what I shouldn't watch. And I control my words. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. You control your words. The last thing is simply stay with it. Don't do it a little while and then do something else. Get on this and stay with it. The Bible says in your patience you possess your souls. And if you'll let patience have for perfect work, what the Bible say? you wind up perfect and entire, complete, wanting nothing. Well, if you're wanting nothing, you're not tormented by unfulfilled desire, are you? Perfect and entire, complete, wanting nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. I want you to stand up, and we're going to act on some of these things. Uh, Pick up your Bible with you. Turn it there to Ephesians 3. We're going to pray this prayer over ourselves. How many believe we can live right? We can live holy in an ungodly world. And this thing about we can't do it, we're not able, we're not strong enough, that's a lie. Well, it's bigger than the both of us. No, it's not. I can't control myself. Yes, you can. Don't say such things. Control your words. We're going to act on it after we pray this prayer. Are you all with me? Now, this is life changing tonight. There's some individuals right here. This is life changing for you. And then there's some other folk that you're going to run across some situations in the next few days and weeks and months. You're going to use these same things to help other people. Don't judge folk. Because whether it's premarital, extramarital, homosexuality, it's all yielding to the flesh. And we've yielded to the flesh in different areas. All of us have made mistakes. It's not about judging. It's about getting it right. Ephesians 3, are you there? He said, praying that he would grant you in verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. We're going to pray that and we're going to receive that. Everybody say it out loud. Why don't you close your eyes and focus on the truth tonight. Say it out loud. I acknowledge that what the Bible says is sin is sin. I will not be conformed conformed to the ungodly world, ungodly world ways, ways. but Jesus is my Lord. Lord. The Bible Bible is God's Word speaking to me. me. The Word word is the standard standard of my life. life. Everything Everything conforms conforms to the Word in my life. Fornication Fornication. is sin. sin. Adultery Adultery is sin. sin. Premarital sex sex is sin. sin. Extramarital affairs affairs is sin. sin. Homosexuality Homosexuality. and lesbianism Lesbianism is sin. sin. Adults, Adults. having sex with children, is sin. sin. These things are sin. sin. I call them sin. I judge them as sin. sin. And they'll have no place. place In my life. life. Lord I ask you. you, Strengthen me. me, With strength. strength, By your spirit. spirit, In my inner man. man, Help me. me, To grow stronger. stronger, And stronger. And stronger. stronger, In spirit. spirit. Show me. me Everything. Everything that needs to be cut off so that I make no provision give no supply to the lust of the flesh so that these desires wrong desires get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and and my spirit gets stronger, stronger and stronger and stronger In Jesus name name. and I use my words I I refuse refuse to talk about the past past. I refuse refuse to talk about ungodly things things. that are done by sinners sinners. I talk righteousness I possess possess my vessel vessel in holiness holiness. and separation separation. And and honor I do not Yield uncontrollably, I'm in control by the grace of God, by the strength of the Word. I am built up, built up and possessing my inheritance in Christ. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free free. in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe some things are happening right now? In the Spirit, changes are being made. Lives are changing. Oh, I'm free. It's good to be free. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries